Back we are, Mile High Magazine. Glad you're here. Hope your Sunday is going well. Again, Murphy Houston here. And joining me now is Paul Scudo, the Executive Director of STEP. Paul, welcome to Mile High Magazine. Murphy, thanks so much for having me. Great to speak with you again. Well, I know you've been on, uh, like, the fan, one of our stations here with Bonneville, talking to DMAC, great guy, sports guy, works in the afternoon. I know somewhat what STEP is all about. But for those who don't know, talk about it. What is STEP Denver, and what are you doing? Well, Murphy, STEP Denver is a men's residential addiction recovery program that gives men with nowhere else to turn the opportunity to overcome the consequences of addiction through a program based on sobriety, work, accountability, and community. So what do I mean by the consequences of addiction? Right, We have all seen the crises developing around overdoses and addiction. We've seen the homeless problem. We've seen uh, what is happening with uh, the loss of family relationships, unemployment, uh, the loss of financial stability, uh, the difficulty that employers are having in finding qualified workers. All of these are directly rep, uh, you know, uh, representative of the addiction problem that is happening in our community. Uh, many, many studies show that 70% of the folks that are homeless are homeless because of the disease of addiction. And of those that are homeless, 70% of those are men. So what STEP is trying to do is provide a solution to the group of people, the largest group of people who are most needy. And ultimately what we're trying to do is affect a behavioral change in these folks to move them towards personal responsibility, accountability, and ultimately self-sufficiency to get them off of government aid, the aid of families, the aid of nonprofits, and make these gentlemen productive and contributing members of the community. That's a big challenge, Paul. How does it start? Do they come to you? Do you get them referred to you? Explain that. It's a great question, Murphy. And our men come to us from a wide variety of referral sources, whether it is the shelters here in Denver, detox facilities, treatment facilities, our relationship with corrections, be it drug court, probation, parole. We also are well known in the faith-based community. Uh, there are folks who are your listeners that hear about us on the radio. Uh, they see our advertisements uh, and they refer their loved ones or friends to STEP and then there is also a, a really a very tight-knit community amongst the homeless people. They know where all the services are. And for those folks that are ready for something different than the shelter or the food line or going in and out of detox, they do show up at our door. Wow, that's something else. That's a big step, as you just mentioned. But how is what you do, Paul, at STEP, different from what other programs providing help? What, what's the difference here? Wow, Murphy, this is why you're a phenomenal interviewer. Another great question. Uh, what STEP does differently than other organizations is that we are a peer recovery community-based organization. We are not clinical in nature. 
We do not have doctors, psychiatrists, nurses, and therapists on staff. Most of our men have come to us having had some sort of acute clinical episode, be it treatment, detox, counseling, therapy, uh, you know, some sort of group in community corrections. And what they didn't do was apply some of the things that were suggested to them. And what STEP does is it provides these men with a safe, sober, structured living environment where they can begin applying different principles to their life and rebuilding their life. We require all of our men to work full-time, tax-paying, payroll check jobs, and along with that, they learn budgeting. They're required to put 20% of their gross income into savings. We do not allow them to be on any government or third-party financial assistance, be that EBT or food stamps, disability, SSI, any other sort of government financial support. Uh, their parents, church, another nonprofit. What we're asking these gentlemen to do is learn to become self-sufficient, and we help them do that. We teach them how to do that. And our program is very deeply rooted in peer recovery addiction programming. It's not therapy, tell me about your trauma, tell me about abuse, tell me about your mental health issues. We look at the primary driver as addiction, and many times, uh, because there's still a stigma around that, folks don't want to admit that's their primary oh. problem. They want it to be these other societally acceptable narratives or reasons. And so we teach them, hey, your problem's addiction. Let's work on your addiction. The other thing about the peer recovery program, Murphy, is that at, when I come in, I don't feel unique, alone, different. I see that there are 60 other guys that are going through exactly what I'm going through, and they want to help, they want to support, but they also hold each other accountable to the programmatic and facility requirements. So it's, it's that peer piece in which someone in authority isn't telling me what to do. I mean, there still is that structure, but by and large, the, the residents hold each other accountable and support each other. And then finally, unlike other programs, we don't just look at it as stop drinking and get a job. We understand these gentlemen are coming in from homeless situations that have taken them years to overcome, and they need to rebuild the basic life skills. How do I manage my money? How do I rebuild my family relationships? How do I find healthy social and recreational activities. How does nutrition, fitness, and good hygiene factor into my mental and physical health, which helps with some of the triggers? How do I be a good employee at work, right? So we're teaching them these basic life skills, which by and large often are the triggers or the reasons people might drink or use. Paul, that's a big challenge. That's unbelievable to get them that focused. Do you meet with these men constantly, every day, once a week? How does that work to keep their attention and to help keep them on track? So we're very fortunate in that 100% of our program staff 
are graduates of our program, and they go on to get the peer and family specialist certification from the state of Colorado to learn how to, in a peer-based environment, work with these men. So each of the men, when they come in, are assigned a recovery support manager. This is, in essence, a case manager that works with the men. They meet with them on a weekly basis, or mo more so, if necessary, to set goals in their recovery, help them reach the milestones in each of the four phases of our program, celebrate successes with them, and hold them accountable to programmatic and facility requirements. And they're able to say to these men, hey, I get where you're coming from. I was homeless living at 22nd and Champa. I had lost my family, my friends, my job. I couldn't stop smoking meth. I came into STEP. I went through this program. I did what they suggested. And now my life is unlike I would have ever imagined it. And, and through that process, the men are able to say, all right, this guy gets me, and he knows firsthand what I'm going through, right. and he's saying he has a solution. So they become much more willing to go through that process. Wow, still a big challenge. There's no doubt about it. So, Paul, let's talk about the impact Step has had in Denver on the men and the community at large. Do you see a lot of improvement, a lot of success? We do. We are very fortunate that, um, you know, we're, we're able to track data on our men while they're here. We're collecting process measures. But then Murphy, when they leave, their case manager follows up with them for uh -huh. a year. Phone calls, texts, emails, in-person visits, and they provide additional recovery coaching. Hey, do you need help? How are things going? Can I connect you to resources? That sort of thing. But at the same time, they're collecting data, right? Are you sober? Are you employed? What is your housing situation? What is your financial situation? Are, are you uh, finding healthy social and recreational activities? And we're able to compile this data and take a look at, at our outcomes. Of those individuals, we're able to get in touch with 65% of the men that, that complete the program. And of those, 83% report being continued sobriety, 85% are employed, 87% have stable housing, and then in these variety of areas surrounding quality of life that we have them rate on a one to five scale, uh, five being the best, they rate an aggregate average score of 3.2, right? And if you picture they came in at zero, maybe one, you know, we look at that as being great. Right. So the impact on the individual is amazing, and we're able to track that. What's equally important, Murphy, is the ripple effect those individuals have, right? Sober people engaged in their community, right? What effect does that have on their family, their sure. friends, their employer, right? The other people they help to get sober, so, right, it's that ripple effect that improves the community. And finally, we can point to the economic impact, Murphy. Uh, many studies show that it costs the taxpayers upwards of $40,000 or more, I'll be conservative, and say $40,000 to 
to provide services to the homeless, whether that's shelter, food, clothing, tents, housing, medical services, police services, legal services, court services, whatever that looks like. Right. right? It costs us 40000 a man. When a man is in our program or has graduated and has maintained that sobriety and employment, they're making a minimum of $36,000 a year, That's minimum great. wage. Good job. Let's just assume it's that. Yeah. So the opportunity cost, to be conservative, is $75,000 a person that is either in the program or has graduated the program. So when we look back at the number of men that we helped last year that we know are in the program or are still successfully sober and employed, that number was $12.1 million of economic impact, right? We take those sure. number of men, sure. we multiply it by 75000 and that was $12.1 million. Yeah. And so when you look at the money that we spend, right, that's the other thing about our organization is we do this at a lower cost than most. Our budget last year was $2.5 million. So when you look at that return on investment from an economic standpoint, because all that money they're making is being reinjected into the community. I get that. Whether they're paying taxes, they're buying goods and services, or that money is in a bank and the bank is lending that to, to other organizations, right? Right. The return right. on that investment is tremendous. Paul Scudo, Executive Director of STEP. Paul, i got about a minute left here. What a great, great interview this has been. You're doing a great job. How do people get in touch with you if they need help or they want to help you? Where do they go? Uh, certainly, Murphy. And the last thing I would say is what's so different about our organization is we take no government funding whatsoever. So everything we do is dependent on the individual donor and private foundation. So any listener that is out there that has contributed to STEP, thank you. If you want to make a difference in your community or you know someone that needs help, please go to step denver.org and you can go to the program tab for those that need help or the donate tab if you want to support that's stepdenver.org paul congratulations proud of you man good job you're really making a difference in our community and probably in many others you don't even realize with what you're doing with step murphy thank you so much i appreciate it and to all the listeners out there thank you so very much Okay, you guys, that's Mile High Magazine, at least my part of it for right now. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you next weekend.